1: Welcome to episode eight of Pirates and Politics UK. It's a very different feel uh, this week to the usual formula, uh, as I just discussed with Adam before we went on air, because this week has been dominated, not by coronavirus, not by Brexit uh, or anything like that, which have dominated previous episodes, particularly the coronavirus, of course. It's dominated by the royal family, because it's not just in Britain, though, is it, Adam? It's also in America, so the American section Where we talk about things going on in America, it's probably the same thing being discussed in America as it is here, because the media over there have gone crazy over the Meghan and Harry interview.
0: Well, yeah, so that was quite the dive into this week. Yes, uh, welcome to Pines, Politics, etc. And yes, the royal family, the Meghan and Harry interview with Oprah. What an interview was. Am I right in saying you watched most of it, Johnny?
1: I did.
0: Uh, Yeah, I I, I, I think I'm right in saying everyone
1: watched quite a lot of it. It was like.
0: I think, yeah, I like personally, I think, you know, I I haven't actually completed the whole thing. I've seen all of what Megan said. And I think that is the more, not discrediting Harry, but that's where most of the bombshell points are coming from that are dominating the media. And like you say, it is not just a mad subject over the seas. In America, Canada, but it's also really been quite. Uh, obviously, it's been hit big here in Britain, but I think it's um, something that's been seen by a lot of the Commonwealth and majority of the
1: world. Literally, it was it was huge. I think I think in the UK on ITV it had, I think, don't quote me because this isn't the main talking point of today, but I think it had something close to thirteen million viewers and a lot of the uk had already watched it somewhere online beforehand and obviously in america it was huge on cbs i think because i think they had the
0: rights to it again don't quote but this isn't the main part of the I, I don't know anything about all those sort of figures and copyright but it's certainly the main topic on any social media platform from linkedin to snapchat to twitter to instagram it's there yeah
1: yeah and and, and it was and basically all we're going to say about that is that's why it's taking up such a large part of this podcast, because it's everywhere. It's been the week's news. And in a way, in some kind of it's been it's been almost refreshing, certainly for this, that we're not talking about coronavirus. We're not talking about Brexit. But to be honest, we're not re- even really talked about Brexit because of the coronavirus too much. Um, and now we're talking about something completely everything that we've, re- we've really discussed. We touched on it a bit last week, but we hadn't seen the interview then. We hadn't seen all of the revelations and everything that's come out. And and yeah, I suppose the other thing to say is we are probably going to get right into, uh, right into it. So... Let's, let's go. Thing, yeah, the whole thing really was uh, was crazy. And, and we break it down into a few a few little segments. I think the biggest thing that came out of it for me was the mental health aspect of it. Um, yes. Yeah. And there's not a lot to... There's not a lot I've got in the notes here because it's more of a a, just a general discussion on this. The only thing that the only quote that really came out that was so that was so powerful, so profound was that I just didn't want to live anymore. Something Megan said to Oprah, I just didn't want to live anymore. Uh, I don't want to be alive anymore. Sorry, I just didn't want to be alive anymore. She said that to uh, Prince Harry, I believe, Uh, at some point in time, while they were a part of the royal family in Britain and basically meghan was came to this conclusion because she was struggling with the pressures of being a royal she was struggling with the negative treatment that came with the britain's right wing media uh, and there is evidence of that all over uh, social media people have compiled the headlines the negative treatment that she she got with some of those headlines some of those articles and her point is that when she looked for help from the royal family the institution she was a part of she didn't get it she didn't get help about how to be a royal and she didn't get help with how to deal with the toxicity of certain outlets within the uk now the big issue with this was um well well the big thing that that, that came out with this obviously it's shocking. And lots of people came out in support, but there were quite a lot of deniers or people saying that she was, she oh she's not telling the truth. She's lying. And particularly the biggest one was Piers Morgan. What did you think about that whole thing, Adam? I mean, first of all, were you shocked that she might be feeling like this and that she wouldn't get the treatment from within the institution? And secondly, well, is it any, is it, it's not within anyone's right, surely, is it to call out someone who's claimed to have had suicidal thoughts?
0: Well, if we could go uh, right back to the start, um, c- covered quite a lot there, quite a detailed overview of what came from that comment. Um, I think fundamentally, um, to answer your first question of the actual rights people have to comment on such statements is, um, well, we don't, do we? You know, nobody has the right to say, what another person's feeling or right to assume what another person's feeling. So for her to say, I just didn't want to be alive anymore. on National television, a, that takes a lot of guts. Mm. And I don't think as if you take a quick browse of Meghan Markle's history, she, she's not going to be sitting there, you know, talking bull crap, it, 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 you know, she's campaigned for mental health in the past, as has Harry, you know, this is a subject they take serious. It's close to their hearts. So when she says that, yes, I do think she was being serious, and I don't think it was a ploy for attention or anything. Um, once again, looking for help in the royal family, um, she was talking about the HR processes, and as she was not actual functioning royal, mm. or did not hold the status of a royal, mm. she um, was, you know, she wasn't working for the firm as she called it and therefore she was not eligible for, you know, human resources, uh, you know, help or for them to take action. Um, but I don't, none of it surprises me, Johnny, no. at all. You only have to take, you know, don't get me wrong, like I'm not anti-royal, but I'm not, you know, a royalist. I'm not royal either. No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I think, you know, when you when you see the royal family, they are a time capsule of... What it is to be British, you know what I mean. It's the stiff upper lip. It's, you know, it's the afternoon tea, the fine yeah. brandy, the the yeah. Highland whiskies, and the yeah. uh, and and the hunting weekends in Scotland. Yeah. You know, i yeah. uh, living the life in London. It, it's 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 the pinnacle of Britishness, isn't it? Mm. So I mean, does yeah. this No. Yeah, I was just gonna say if it, if it doesn't. So, so none of it surprises me. And the fact um, that people are you know, calling her out, they're simply calling her out on the basis that they don't want to believe that an institution like the Royal Family are so blind to you know, contemporary issues like mental health, like the effect, constant public service, constant um, in the eye of, it, of the public constantly in the lens of a journalist's camera. Mm. Mm. You know, that has to take effect. I don't want to have my picture taken on a good day. You know, <laughs> never <laughs> mind having it done constantly. So, yeah, I, none of it surprises me. I was just going to say, though, you, we, it's, it's really interesting
1: because Prince William, who, I mean, I don't, I don't you, me like you, we don't pay active attention to gossip about the Royal Family up until this moment, probably, because... We're not that interested, but um, Prince William, I do remember. No, no. uh, Prince William, I do remember doing a documentary about mental health with people in football. And he was, I thought he was really good. I thought he looked like he'd be very down to earth. He went to see lots of people. He spoke to lots of people of varying stages. Some were quite obviously uh, in middle class, but there are obviously some working class people there as well. And he was, he was brilliant with all of them. And, it was almost, it was really touching to see how someone of that status could not only understand the concept of mental health really clearly, but he was openly trying to help others in that situation, albeit, of course, in front of the cameras, but it seemed so authentic to me and, and the people around him seemed so happy, uh, you know, you know, with that situation. So it... it, it I, I think the thing with Megan that the, the situation with Megan is that the situation with Megan more, more, more so was that William was someone in the royal family that got a lot of praise within the media and therefore his his experiences would have been different when Megan came over as, as I touched on before in the in the social media stratosphere um I mean in the right-wing media press as well she got a lot of abuse and yeah
0: a lot he, of abuse ab- uh, like it alarmingly paralleled.
1: Yeah, to Kate Middleton, yeah. for example. Kate Middleton and yeah. Prince William were seen as sort of the darling couple, weren't they? I think of, of, they were sweethearts, they were the royal sweethearts, weren't they? Yeah, and I mean, Kate Middleton, no one, you know, she, everything she did was brilliant. If you read some of the newspapers and read some oh, of the I don't against
0: Kate at all. no,
1: yeah. no, I, neither have I, oh. neither have I. Um, of course not, but the difference between if the two people did something very similar, the difference in reporting would be striking. Um, and again, that's one, one thing that was also noted was that the royal family need the media a lot. in, that, in And they seem, they, they seem to note that uh, or hint that um, quite overtly at several times through that interview. And the media was all led to the downfall of Meghan Markle in many ways in terms of her royal status, I think. And that upset her mental health and upset her position in the royal family. The royal family didn't do anything to counter the media or counter that negativity. And it's almost like they they have a bit of an over-reliance on the media being nice to them in certain aspects that when they went for Meghan Markle, they said, well, OK, fair enough. She can deal with it. You know, they didn't go out to actively help, her, which I think is, is a bit concerning the media's power and the media's influence on the royal family a little bit.
0: Well, it's no secret that, a lot of the media get wine and dined by the royal family to keep them on the sweet side. Um, but I think, you know, going back to the effect they've had on Meghan Markle, I think a lot of it literally came down to the fact that she was American, um, entering a very British institution. That was a very specific part, or she was an Americanized person coming into a British institution. And I think that in itself was ploy for criticism yeah. you know the stereotype, especially at the time Trump was in power Americans yeah. didn't have the best breath you know their political sphere was all over the place never mind you know did they want any of that sort of being brought to the royal family no of course they didn't you know but and I think the whole media stance with the royal family is once again it's drawing the parallels to the way they treated Diana once again another vocalist against the royal family and their traditions and the way of doing things and the parallels, well, I was going to say the parallels are unparalleled. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, no, absolutely. And, and, and you, you touched on something there about her being American and also her being a part of the BAME community, uh, which was really the second big bombshell that came out. I think the first one was about mental health, their lack of support for her mental health struggles uh, because she was inside the institution. Uh, even though they outwardly, they support people outside it quite openly and, and, and talk about, as I touched on with William and uh, I think Meghan Markle actually has done it herself. As you said, she's been a big mental health advocate about talking. Uh, so it was big that they didn't necessarily get the support within the institution in terms of mental health. But also the second big bombshell was the was the racism debate. Well, not debate, really. It was, it was quite it profound, was a actually. Yeah. A
0: very profound statement. How dark will the baby's skin be? That, as a statement, or as a statement of concern, yeah, is frankly alarming. It's frankly so old fashioned or so you know, out of date as a narrative, out of touch that, yeah, it's frightening actually. Mm. Yeah, no, it is. It is. I mean,
1: obviously. I mean, Oprah Winfrey, of course, another, well, probably the biggest member uh, oh, interviewer the re- from the BAME. Yeah,
0: she's community. the richest black woman in the world, isn't she? Yeah. And she was yeah. she was
1: openly shocked, as she, as she well would be. Um it was yeah, it was quite surprising. What just before we carry on, she didn't actually Meghan Markle didn't actually confirm who said this. Uh, it's later been confirmed it was, it was neither Prince Philip or the Queen. It was they, they were ruled out of, the, uh, of, that, of that group. Do you think she should have said who had said it? Because for those that didn't say that comment, leaves them in a bit of a bad light at the moment, doesn't it? But then on the other hand, if you then come out and openly say who said it, they are open, I suppose, individually to a, a heck of a lot of abuse. Although some would say that's probably uh, education. In many ways,
0: yeah. So, if I, if memory serves correctly, Megan said it would be very damaging to that person. Yeah, I think that if I, if have I've got, I'll, I'll at least paraphrased that. Yeah. Um, and what she said there was basically, this person is protected by the crown, and if I say anything against them, it's going to be very damaging to me. You know. That's the way I interpreted that. Yes, it would be damaging to that person the same way all the Jeffrey Epstein stuff was damaging to Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. There'd be no real accountability. Mm. No one will be held up in court. There'd be no real public apology or any recognition of it. It'd be open deniability. Mm. So no, I think she was completely right in saying what she did. Yeah, because she would be exposing herself once again, because we all know there's a, there was a title weighted against her yeah. across social media, across the press, well, Pierce Morgan leading that charge. We'll get to but that in a second. We'll get to that later. <laughs> but the fact that she, the wave was, I think she knew the wave was going to be high enough as it was. She didn't need to add a few feet more to it. With no. that comment. No,
1: no, it's it's a very fair, it's a very fair thing, uh, thing to say. It was just uh, something that had gone around a little bit, and you you've summarised that really well, um, and you've summarised actually the, the 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 racial tone w- within that as well, and um, it is. It's quite archaic. It's quite crazy that someone would say such a statement. I mean, obviously, there's people on the right who sort of insinuated oh yeah but you know there's lots of questions you ask when the baby's going to be born like what's the gender what's this and i I just don't buy that whatsoever i Um, don't buy
0: that (laughs) at all you you know the first question you ask is it going to be well these days uh, you know if if we're going to go traditional terms which i assume is what those people are arguing yeah from that narrative for is is it going to be a boy or girl you know even in these days that's a bit of a controversial question but is it going to be a boy or girl Um, you know what colour are the eyes going to be Oh, I wonder what colour hair they're going to have you know and then the skin colour shouldn't really be the top of that list it shouldn't be a point of concern or at least not insinuated in that way or they said oh is is she she going to have the same like lovely dark skin as her mother it wasn't said like that it was saying oh is it going to be too black for our white institution you know what I mean
1: (laughs) I mean, that,
0: that, that's, I think, ca- yeah. I don't know. Maybe, no, I do, I'm not even going to apologise for that. I think that's a very accurate interpretation of it. It's like the opposite
1: of Piers Morgan, isn't it? It's the opposite. You've
0: got him yeah. with the, uh, other, the other
1: one. And then uh, hopefully Good Morning Britain doesn't call you in for an apology the day after. Um We'll, we'll get on to yeah. that in a second as well. Um, oh, not quite there yet, not quite there yet. <laughs> Not quite
0: there yet, no. I'm not going to apologise for calling somebody a racist. (laughs) He's blatantly a racist.
1: Right, I'll tell you what then,
0: Adam. Okay, so
1: whoever said this, we think, yeah, I mean, I'm going along your lines, to be honest. It does seem, it's a a racist line, and and it doesn't bode well for them. It is. but not Is the royal family racist?
0: Okay, you're asking me for an institution built on colonialism...
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. But in terms of the modern things that they do do, I know they do a lot of things with other countries, with the Commonwealth, and they do help a lot of uh, BAME charities. I don't think they are outwardly or, you know, expressing some kind of xenophobia or or racial hatred, in an an overt way at least. But the question... is is is? is it, I don't think it's quite as easy to say as they're blatantly racist. They need to be, you know, removed, wiped off the face of the earth. I think there's a bit more to it than that. But like you said, of course, um, given the way it's set up, of course, it, from, given naturally from its own roots, there is an element of of racism right at the core, I guess.
0: Yeah, I suppose. I think a fair way of answering this question is. You're a product of your environment, okay? If you... Um, I don't think... Inst- may, may, I, how can I say this without getting myself into trouble with future employers? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> the Queen and Prince Philip, both of them served in the Second World War. Mm. Both of them remember different times. They've seen, lived through apartheid. You know, the Queen was an active... Force against it you know Hmm. bringing the commonwealth together you know you can put in some compilations into YouTube to see the way Prince Philip has conducted himself in the past towards um, ethnic minorities and women but as an institution does it have a tendency to lean towards the racist part I think yes simply because of the nature of how it was built and the colonial history of it, and the fact that the Queen and the and Prince Philip are both well into their nineties, yeah, you know these are common factors found with certain narratives that may be interpreted more racist by the younger generations. Yeah, no, it's very so very... you know, and that's the same for Charles, who's well into his seventies. You know, my you know grandparents. I think we can all say that they're more conservative leaning than we are yeah. so if we're going to simply judge them by age and general trends political trends and voter partisanship to certain political parties and beliefs and means of voting you know, yes I should think they are more right wing Mm. whether that categorises them as racist, that's a bit of a sweeping statement because I've never actually sat down and had a conversation with any of them, so I can't really make that sound judgement but if you look at the charity and stuff, like you said, they've done plenty of charity works for aim um, you know, um, yeah. organizations, charities, you know, non profit, um, NGOs, etc. Uh, but uh, it's a difficult it is it's it's eggshells, hard. it's an absolute minefield. This it topic is. it's hard because. Yeah, sorry. gone.
1: I was just going to say, you know, it is, I'm going to save you there because you were doing well, and it, and it and it was, and you were stepping over so many eggshells. I didn't want you to get sore feet by accidentally standing on one and and having <laughs> a cut on it. So no, I mean, I'll lose a <laughs> no. Um, I mean, we didn't really touch on actually with the with the how dark will the baby skin be. It was also sort of led to the, uh, Megan sort of went with the narrative that because the Archie would be. I think representative of BAME, it'd be a BAME member of the royal family. There was a, there was a, a reluctance, or not a reluctance. There was a conversation had that he wouldn't have, um, the privileges or the rights. He wouldn't be, um, wouldn't be a, um, sorry, a, a prince, and he wouldn't have the security that some of the that some of the other royals have. Now, I've heard royal pro-royalists actually sort of who know mo- much more about this than I do and probably you do Adam they've sort of yeah, yeah said definitely. that there is a it's a complicated kind of web of who's entitled to what but they've sort of found a way that Archie probably wouldn't have been entitled to some of these things because no. of their position in the whole map of the royals so I'm not sure how much legitimacy there is to. Anyway, the point. Just to summarise that, the point I was going with is that was there legitimacy between the racist line, or the undertones of racist line, and and the and, and the and the lack of entitlement that was going to be given to Archie. I don't know.
0: I don't know if I know enough of no. the actual situation to make an actual you see what another valid point I've heard actually from pro royals is that um the royal family is subject to being slimmed down as it is mm. and that means some of the you know outer royals the, the outer family the, the ones who are like 27th in line to the throne sort of thing they are subject to have their privileges taken away from them in the next coming years to save mm. money as the monarchy, as an institution, is facing. We cuts. talked about that last week, didn't we? We talked yeah, about we that did. being a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Harry, as being the younger brother to William, mm. is instantly, I think, fifth in line by this point. Yeah. You know, so he's by virtue of being fifth in line, just by his own brother. Mm. Never mind his father and the mm. rest of them. Is that? Yeah. He, he's not really an important royal at the very moment in time, yeah. which is ironic because when you think of how the queen came into play, that was because her father's brother denounced the sovereignty, denounced the crown. Yeah. He didn't want to, didn't want it. Yeah. That's your crown knowledge coming in there, isn't it? It is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not based on fact, it's fiction.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> but the general but, history of it is pretty accurate. Yeah. Uh,
1: but yeah, no, I mean, it, so it, that what well, that bit's hard. What I think we could take away is lack of mental health awareness, a little bit, or the the disappointment at not stepping in. And, and 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 Harry said this himself. He was disappointed that his father didn't intervene because of the things he'd gone through with Diana and the whole situation like that. And also the lack of support generally from the institution uh, for Meghan, but not just for Meghan, probably, but also for himself. Because again, I think oh, yeah. he's insinuated feeling trapped at times.
0: Yeah, of course, and I think as a final comment, really on the you know mm. the, the, the comments on the color of um, the poor kids, you know, skin. Mm. Mm. Um, I think it, not that I'm defending them because I feel like it, it's a terrible comments, just in general. Mm. But you always have that one member of the family that always says perfect things at a family dinner. Yeah, and the royal family is probably no different. Yeah, not that I'm excusing the comments, I'm just thinking of how that would come into conversation. Yeah, well,
1: Prince you know Andrew I mean? is
0: one of the uh, dodgy ones, isn't he? I mean, oh. like... you know, going back to the media, the yeah. What did the sun say? It was the worst uh, royal crisis they've seen in <laughs> eighty-five years. And I was like, yeah, you know about you know the. You know Prince Andrew, you know the 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 Queen's what second oldest son or whatever. You know, yeah. hanging right. out with a convicted paedophile. You know, yeah. secret <laughs> yeah. Holidays yeah. and all that. You know, yeah. So. Pizza hey, yeah, Pizza Express, Pizza yeah. Express. I mean, right. that, yeah,
1: he doesn't sweat anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, hey, pre- yeah, no. I thought that was shocking as well, I, and it wasn't just the son that did that. It, there was quite a few. I mean, this is quite funny as well. Uh, uh, family newspaper, I repeat, family newspaper. When this came out. Um, <laughs> When this came out in America, the uh, the Daily Mail was uh, did a report on the Monday. They had a 25-page spread on the Tuesday, my day, and after it came out on ITV. I'm sure
0: they're bloody dead.
1: <laughs> yeah, but but this was the first paragraph. And of all the things to take out of the interview, this is the first paragraph on the first page on the on the front page of the Daily Mail on the Monday when it had just come out in America on the Sunday night. Uh, for anyone who was watching in the UK. The first paragraph says. Meghan Markle last night said she didn't make the Duchess of Cambridge cry in the run up to her wedding, shockingly claiming it was Kate who made her cry. I mean, of all the things, of all
0: things. <laughs> we all know bridesmaids and yeah. bridegrooms and you know, the whatever. Yeah, you know, we all know weddings, people are always crying, okay yeah it doesn't matter what your status is in the bloody world it's the weddings are stressful
1: (laughs) they are i just thought that was hilarious i mean everything you could take out of it i think to be
0: fair from the daily
1: mail's point of view they didn't want to touch on maybe one of the other two topics that we've just discussed and they thought the better one maybe to go at megan with would be that she would actually i mean the daily mail doesn't seem to be a big fan of megan at the best of times. and I imagine they were going for a different kind of uh, of narrative there to what some other outlets would go with. But hey-ho,
0: free press, isn't it, Adam? So, uh, I know, you know, I know. I've got to love the Daily Mail. There was a couple of shocking examples between Kate and Meghan that, that the Daily Mail published. A favourite one being the avocado on toast and the cradling. Um, yeah. So what was it? Kate yeah. cradles a baby seen as a loving mother.
1: Yeah.
0: Megan Meghan uh, cradles a baby seen as attention-seeking. Yeah. Uh, whether or Megan, uh, Kate had avocado on toast seen as you know, a mother taking care of her mm. of her diet and giving the fetus all the nutrients it requires yeah. to grow healthily. And Megan does it, and uh, she's accused of causing global warming, destroying the Amazon rainforest, yeah. causing water no. shortages.
1: The only thing, the only thing I would say, and yeah, I do agree that. The, the, the media treatment generally of the two women, uh, with various outlets, my dad, uh, has been quite contrasting. Uh, and that's not, not a slant on Kate, because, I mean, I'd quite like no, Kate anyway.
0: Yeah, because did Megan say it herself? She said, like, just because you like me doesn't mean you have to hate um, Kate.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's no. like...
0: Just because you like one doesn't mean you have to dislike the other, you should yeah. be able to like them both, because they're both yeah. nice ladies and they've done a lot for the world, so yeah, know. pretty much, uh, pretty
1: much well said. But, uh, yeah, and the, uh, but the treatment, as we say, has been quite contrasting in that sense, uh, and that's a shame. And 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 they did this, I would say, just just before we come on to some of the uh Piers Morgan, and some of the reaction across the uh, <laughs> the, uh, the 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 um the this narrative, one argument they said was that, again, it, not necessarily my argument, but one argument was that they wanted to live in privacy and they went to America. And then they signed up to do two huge interviews, one with James Corden, one with Oprah Winfrey. Um, and now they are very much front and centre of the public eye, not just in the United Kingdom, but also in America. Um, I can understand why they've done it, you know, and this isn't my narrative, but it's an argument many people are making. Is there a bit of hypocrisy in the fact that they wanted private lives, they wanted to be away from the from the eye of the media, particularly in Britain, and after doing these interviews, James Corden as well, which was done last week, but it was a lot less revealing, they are now right back at the front and centre of the media and the public eye, not just, as I say, in, in the United Kingdom, but
0: also in the country where they're currently living in america yeah um i can understand how people who are fans of the royal family see that as blatant hypocrisy like almost insulting Mm. i understand that narrative however i don't see it from that point of view personally um the way i see it is that they're gonna they were gonna get out outed at Mm. some point
1: yeah
0: you know and the pro-royalists will be the same people to criticise them for never speaking out. So I'm thinking they've got it out of the way. Yeah. It's a good deal. I think this was always inevitable. They've always known this was going to be a conversation that they would have had to have had. So you do at the start, you get out of the way, don't you? Yeah.
1: No, I think... You know, well, I, agree, I mean? agree with
0: you. Um, I,
1: I, I yeah. think... It, I, I agree with you. I saw the the argument made and thought it was fair game, but at the same time, like you said, Um, you know, there is that inevitable if the royal family come in and and basically slander or or the British media get the opportunity to slander Meghan and Harry to a greater extent, basically ruining any chance or a lot of chances they have of maybe uh, you you know, future income building a career outside the royal family then they need to have their story told first, they need to explain why they've done what they've done and then they can move forward with their careers I mean, as we say, both are in Positions of privilege. It's it's not like these are paupers. They've lived quite, you know,
0: luxury uh, lifestyle. Luxury no, lives. No. Yeah, I think it's probably. I think I'm glad you've actually said that, Johnny. I think it's very important for us little people, which is what we are, yeah, to not me literally, yeah. the privilege here. Yeah. You know, this is a royal family dispute. Royal. Yeah, yeah we all know what that word that means. means. We've got yeah. something to compare it to. Yeah. So let's not forget the privilege on both sides, regardless of the context of the, you know, yeah, dispute. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Uh, and there's been some, as we say, we'll go, we'll move on to Big Piers now. Um, because he, as I touched on before, Piers Morgan, known in America, known in the UK, Big Mouth, um, actually, in many ways, he's, he's sort of, re- I wouldn't say revitalised, I actually quite like, I don't know if you watch it, he does a show
0: called Piers Morgan's Life Stories and I've seen a few
1: interviews he does on that. I think he's very good.
0: Yeah, he's done some very interesting documentaries. I don't understand him as a his quality of journalism or interviewee style, I suppose. But Yeah,
1: yeah. and I mean, to be fair, during this pandemic on Good Morning Britain, which is a, a news show in the mornings on ITV, he's been one of the few journalists that's really took to task on the government, really held them to account when the situations have got tough. Yeah, Can't take that away from him. Yeah. Um, The situation with this is he's been forced to apologise. He was forced to apologise by ITV for his comments made around Meghan Markle. He was was asked to give Meghan Markle an apology on the morning after show, and he refused. I think the point, the big sticking point, just to go back a bit to the start of the podcast, the reason why he was forced to apologise was the refusal to listen or to believe Uh, the comment which we talked about right at the start from Meghan where she said, I just didn't want to be alive anymore, when he said, don't believe it, I think she's telling lies, or paraphrasing there. I think that was the bridge too far because he's right. People are allowed not to like Meghan Markle. People are allowed to give a different opinion to what Meghan Markle's given. You shouldn't be cancelled, so to speak, for going against the, the, the opinion of Meghan Markle because... Again, there are two sides to every story, and Piers Morgan was giving the other side. That's fine. But I think the part where he where he crossed the line was over the insensitive suicide comment, um, his reaction yeah. to that comment, sorry. And yeah. when, he, when he was asked to apologise for that, he should have apologised to Meghan for that, but also it should have been acknowledgement of a wider apology to anyone who's... Ever gone through a similar situation like this where someone has said something similar to what Megan said, she, they haven't been believed, or someone hasn't been believed. Like James O'Brien said on um on LBC, how do you prove to someone that you're not lying if you're say if
0: you say you've you've been feeling suicidal thoughts? Well there's two oh no, there's two two ways of doing it. You take a polygraph of it, you actually do the deed that you yeah. trying to do. Yeah, and neither one is great for the mental. Well, one is definitely not great for no. anyone, and yeah. the second is not great for the mental health. The photograph, Um I yeah, completely agree with everything you just said there. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I would add when it comes to talking about you know, Pierce Morgan, mm. well, I think it's almost like school ground shit, isn't it? Excuse yeah. my bad English. Yes, yeah, um, well. is that. Um, He fancied Meghan Markle. He did. He claimed they went on a date. Yeah, that's the thing. He had a love interest. Yes. Something he's obviously felt very strong against. Maybe he'd even fallen in love with her, which is absolutely fine. Yeah. The the part that isn't fine is destroying her on national television. No. Destroying the credibility of her mental health. Yeah. yeah, that I'm was the, that was the cross me. of
1: the line, though, wasn't it? Because, yeah. again, up until that point, he was just having a negative opinion against her. And it was like the schoolboy kind of, you know, oh, I don't like this person. And I don't think he crossed the line at any point, really, until that point. I think that was the cutting point for me.
0: Yeah, because he was, he, well, he'd said many things that were questionable, which some people would argue that he'd crossed that line. Yeah, many, many, you know, arguments prior to, but when it comes to that stuff that he said, and, and it's the fact that I've, uh, one of the greatest narratives that I've heard like people drawing parallels between him was he was absolutely, his whole narrative was destroying her on the basis that she had left the royal family. She'd walked away from the royal family. Yeah. Her and Harry decided to walk away. And what did he do? When he couldn't yeah, well, argue you. the objections, he got Alex up. Beresford, yeah. He walked away. So what do you do when you can't win a court, when you're fighting a battle that you know you can't win? You retreat. Mm. What did he do? He did exactly what Megan did against the Royal Family.
1: Yeah. Oh, it was very ironic. I laughed. Uh, I very did laugh. ironic.
0: Uh, yeah. Do you... I'm disappointed with
1: Piers Morgan because... What he'd done up until, like I said, in holding the government to account over the pandemic, in championing um the, the words of many people uh, by being that voice in the media, I had a lot I'd gained a lot of respect for him. He does it in his own unique way, which can be frustrating at times. But I respected how he tried to fight for you know that many people when the government weren't doing uh a very appropriate job with the pandemic i mean it's changed a bit now but it wasn't too long ago when when things were going were, were quite the opposite um so i'm really disappointed that as you say and you're right it, it seems to have been fueled by a personal vendetta and it, it did seem to be quite toxic again i don't think there was necessarily too much um over going overboard except for those comments particular about as i say with with the um with the fact that he was sort of refusing to accept her, her the 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 point that she theory. yeah yeah, yeah. It, and I and I didn't agree with that. What I, and no, it, not at all. It's a shame. It's a shame that he couldn't see the wider implications of that comment. It's a shame they couldn't see the wider implications of of denying Megan's own feelings. I think that that's that's a shame to me. Uh, given what he's done over the past few months and, and I think what it's a, it's a shame also again a lot of people now jumping on the bandwagon saying vile person this this and this and he has had a history of doing a few dodgy things go back to phone hacking scandal as well by the way so he's not yeah, a squeaky yeah, clean man
0: but no not at all no the skeleton's in the closet
1: but again it, it just disappoints me given what he'd done beforehand how it's all unraveled so so quickly like this and um, I'd, i I think the fact that he could not own up to that though again I, I think ITV did the right decision really
0: with that. yeah as definitely far as, yeah um because I think what the ITV as an as an organization had to demonstrate as well was when he was making these claims against you know Megan and the state of her mental health mm. there was a ripple effect to viewers to yeah, other people exactly like, suffered so you know mental health issues that I've had suicidal thoughts and I'm very lucky to be one of those people who's never even fallen down that route of thought. You know, I'm very lucky in that sense, and I know people who have, and it is terrible. There is no way out. And if you don't have the sensitivity or the open-mindedness to even consider that way of thought, then you shouldn't really be a face of news that people see on a daily basis.
1: No, completely agree. I mean, just to that was the most high profile reaction to it just just to read a quick a few quick ones that uh that came out as well joe biden president of the united states spoke out massively in favor of harry and meghan he was yes, uh, commending definitely. how brave she was yep how brave or meghan the was in, money in his country <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 uh, very true on the other side nigel farage former well We'll call pioneer of Brexit or one of them. I think that's probably what he's most famous for, former leader of UKIP, former leader of Reform Party. He was very pro-Monica, that's or, or not surprising either, really. Um, again, he was given the alternative view, uh, which he's entitled to do, of course. Although, to be fair to Nigel Farage, he did it without. He, he did it in a way that wouldn't have got him taken off um, a news channel if he was presented. He did it in a more
0: articulate fashion. Well, is a practice bullshitter, so there's no surprise there.
1: Very good, and Boris Johnson. To be fair, I did, I did smirk a little bit with his uh, skillfully avoiding the subject altogether answer, you know which, which <laughs> is fair so enough. Of,
0: yeah, of all the all the stuff that he's babbled out over the last year, <laughs> yeah, absolutely coming up with verbal diarrhea. That was one of the most smoothest things I've Did seen you, him do. He, he was very good, wasn't it? He? His answer was very good. <laughs> like I feel like <laughs> that was one of the most diplomatic things you could do, which is just like, say nothing, but once again, it if that's the extent of his diplomacy skills, then the one the <laughs> country is in the state
1: I mean, yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty good though. I mean, I expected him to maybe put his foot in it, but he's had so much practice now with the media, and given that this moment, with this pandemic, I think he's got better and better,
0: hasn't he? Hey, so- listen, Joe, there's only so many times you can step in crap before you get sick of it, isn't there? Yeah, I suppose <laughs> so, yeah, it's very true.
1: Uh,
0: oh, I, I love a good
1: media thing. I don't know, that was terrible. Um, um, yeah. yeah i mean well uh, just as a last quite a, a final thought on that then where does this leave the monarchy then because uh, quite, I, I read on social media quite a bit that at the moment you've got the queen as leader of the monarchy and, and every, uh, i i have respect for the queen i know you have respect for the queen and i know most yeah. of the uk has respect for the queen and a lot of a she's lot an of do. Uh, she's an admirable matriarch uh, yeah she know. is and um, also harry and meghan have a lot of respect for the queen because they said so oh yeah massive. So at yeah. the moment, I don't think while she's still around and she's still the, 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 the Queen of England, I don't think the monarchy should be too worried. However, when the Queen at some point does pass away, and a sad day that will be, um, you've got to think then, where's, where's the life cycle uh, of, of the monarchy? I, I'm, I'm thinking it could be in trouble. You know, at that point, because we don't have the same respect for Charles, I don't think across the board. I don't think one about the Camilla episode, when people still remember the way he dealt with Diana. Two, a lot of the uh, this particular recent interview seemed to be indirectly attacking Charles, both from Harry and Meghan.
0: I, um, I got those vibes, particularly from Harry. Yeah, very much. Yeah, it was very much so around the fact that Charles hasn't taken any of Harry's calls and the last. Yeah. and yeah, three,
1: but... he's not the Queen. And he doesn't have that level of respect that she she managed to hold. And because because of the Queen, the Queen is, is in charge right now, I feel like she's been able to deflect away a lot of the criticism because, hey, it's the Queen we will respect. The Queen, That well, not all of us, but a lot of us do.
0: With yeah. Charles,
1: I don't get the same vibe if he's leading the helm.
0: And, and I think especially, I know there's been many things I've seen, like, you know, oh, the crown is just fiction, not fact. But I'll be honest with you, fiction or fact, I don't think it really matters anymore. Charles is not popular. No. At all. He's been depicted fictionally as not the nicest of people morally. And I think in reality, a lot of supporters of Harry are the same people who were supporters of Diana. And a lot of people have not even forgiven Charles for the way Diana was treated. So, and the fact that she's still a um, still prominent topic of conversation mm. demonstrates that.
1: But at the same time, do people? Do you think maybe people have? Because I know there's a lot of people in Britain. You just look at the polls that were in favour of monarchy over Harry and Meghan. But do you feel Was that's it like more?
0: 57 percent on BBC, I think I saw something like that. It wasn't like that? It? Yeah, it varies. Yeah, it yeah.
1: varies. If they're in the fifties. But do you think a lot of that's Harry and Meghan versus the Queen as opposed to Harry and Meghan versus
0: the monarchy. The favours? I think people respect the Queen over the monarchy. Yeah. Or at least respect the mon- monarchy because of the Queen. There's yeah. definitely a symbiotic relationship. One relies on the other. And I think the Queen is the one that is relied on. And I think yeah. you're damn right, to be honest with you, Johnny once you know god rest you know god bless her like she's well into her 90s and she'll probably yeah. live for another 10 years 20 years you know however I, I don't know i think you're right there the monarchy is not in a good place at all no,
1: no no and 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 also just just to just as a lasting thing on this just before we get on to a really sad topic actually um the Difference between in opinion was quite striking between the over fifties or over sixties and the and the young people. The young people were very Team Megan, you know, because oh, she yeah, was, because yeah. she was she was she was talking about progressive values that really we're carrying through. I think uh, as as we grow up, uh, and, and we we grow into uh, more mature adult stage. We haven't got there yet, and um, <laughs> and then you've got the over fifties and sixties who've grown up with the monarchy and, and seen all of the all of the royal events for the past i don't know 30 40 years uh, gone through almost gone through the life with with queen elizabeth uh, at the helm and they're quite different they don't want this thing to be disrupted but away from elizabeth away from the queen is there another thing in the monarchy that sort of with these more the, the the more elderly people in the population is the monarchy sort of symbolizing british values and um, British power, in a sense, like like you said, the, the colonial roots would suggest yeah. that a little yeah. bit. Do you think that rings true with maybe the older people that subliminally they look at that monarchy and say, we are different, we are British, this is our monarchy, this is why we are the best, if you if you
0: get me. Yeah, um, uh, yeah I definitely agree. Um, it's difficult for us as young people to come to accept You know, we 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 we've come to accept the fact that gender, sex is not black and white. You know, um, skin colour is not simply black and white anymore. You know, these aren't factors that matter to us anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, the stiff upper lip. You know that that is completely gone now, and it's never worked. It's never been something that's ever worked. And this is recognizing this. I think this was something that Megan was saying, is that. You know, mental health, we're, we're aware of subjects that have always been taboo uh, and taboo in the same sort of period of time that the monarchy is reminiscent of, you know what I mean? Mm. Or associated yeah. with. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's almost like a, like a, a clamber for the past because you don't like the present
0: and maybe you, you're scared of the future. Maybe. That, that's, that might be one way of looking at it, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, I don't want to discredit the beliefs. Uh, I don't want to throw at everyone who's a fun of the yeah. monarchy yeah. into the same category as not believing in mental health, yeah. uh, different genders, different races, etc. or the mm-hmm. legitimacy of it all. You obviously don't want to be doing that at all, but yeah. I think you're definitely right that the monarchy does serve maybe even as an excuse for some people to still hold on to beliefs that are not what you'd call or appropriate anymore
1: i tell you what, though, just just again, I've said lasting thought about a million times, but this literally is. Um, I would say that I've i I'm not abolished the monarchy. I don't think I, I don't necessarily believe I think that's quite an extreme thing. And particularly, again, this is this is another thing when I'm not particularly keen on with the with the sort of moderate left stance of get rid of the monarchy, abolish it, get rid of Buckingham Palace. That holds a lot of sentiment for some people, rightly or wrongly, for some of the things we've discussed. That holds a lot of sentiment. Could be quite a lot of people. As we say, I'm going to take away all the things that people might harbour to. That's just that's just a possibility. People might have harboured certain things from the past through the royal family, but others might not. Others might see it as. Growing up, as I said, what, with Elizabeth at the helm, going through all of the royal events through their lifetime, jubilees and and queen, and, and coronation of the Queen and, and all of these um, events that have happened and people have had street parties for these events and they've seen all the good things that the royal family have done. And for the left... For people on the left to then go, oh, just abolish it. It's a racist organisation, a racist institution. Yeah, Like it's black and white, like you've just said. It's not like that. And what you do then is you risk causing a big rift between a lot of the more elderly people who've not seen it like that. Okay, some might have, but not all of them have. And a lot of them that haven't had that... yeah,
0: You become a hypocrite of your own beliefs through imposing the same narrative as you're accusing others of doing.
1: Yeah. Instead of abolishing the monarchy, Adam, for me, and and, and I will, we'll, move, we'll move on in a second, it's more about reforming or working with what's there and saying, you know what, we can do this in a bit of a different way to how it's been done in the past. OK, it might not last. We've already said, will it last beyond the Queen? I don't know, because she does so much and she she she's a figure of so much uh, respect and it's very difficult to um, to, uh, to do anything drastic while she's still at the helm. Afterwards, becomes a bit more of a, a difficult discussion because, again, Charles doesn't uh, hold the same amount of respect across the UK or across the world. But before anyone so, says, get rid of everything, hammer it down, it's all done and it's all done, show a
0: bit of sensitivity, I think. And, and, and yeah, because they are still living history. They still mean so much to so much and this is why I think it's important that we once again say, like we did at the start, we're not anti-royalists and we're not royalists. You know, we're not anti-monarchy, but we're either for the monarchy. We are. We respect its position. Yeah,
1: and, 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 and as I, I said last
0: week, and
1: you sort of you sort of knocked me down a little bit, but they do do. I still maintain they do a lot for tourism. They do do a lot of tourism, and they do have. They do give Britain a bit of international recognition. I know you're sceptical of that, and it depends which figures I suppose you look at, and it depends what narrative you choose to go with. But when I was when I was on the other side of the world, one well, of the biggest things that stood out for uh, people in Asia was the British monarchy, as well as London, uh, and that was basically. I mean, no one had ever heard of Burnley, for example. R.I.P. A town near me, uh, but um, again. Americans as well, completely obsessed with the royal family and all that comes with it. I still think there is a legitimacy within the tourism that does help the economy, as well as all the things we've just discussed. Uh, all the things we've just discussed, however, are the reason why I think we need to deal with it sensitively, forgetting the the, the economic uh, benefits that they bring in. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you want more on the economic benefits, that's probably last week and that was about 10 minutes. So uh, This was more about the whole narrative. But anyway, we're putting that to bed now. and This is quite a sad topic now, so... Again, it's, it's not been the happiest of episodes. That, that was quite, uh, you know, that was quite neutral. This one's quite sad. I mean, this week, three-year-old Sarah Everard has had disappeared a while ago. There's been bodily remains found in Ashford. And people seem to think that uh, it could be uh, this lady. As, as this podcast has been recorded, we're not 100% sure. And there has been a man that's been arrested, actually, a police officer. Uh, specifics aren't really important but again it, it's not no. ideal that this person was um was was it was in the uh, police uh, institution um and uh, and it, it is related to a case like this but what happened and came out was uh, some quite startling, well, a quite startling statistic that went round a lot on social media, that 97% of UK women aged 18 to 24 have experienced some form of sexual harassment. Now, first of all, we don't know if this was sexually motivated or, or the bodily remains or any of these incidents. We don't know if they were sexually motivated, but she was out, I think, later on at night, about it was about 9pm, um, and...
0: Um, what? I think the symbolism of what happened yeah. here is is the fact it's, that it's once again a young woman walking home at late at night and has gone missing. Something that we don't hear predominantly as a narrative that happens to young males.
1: Yeah. Pretty much, um, it's it's one of those situations. Ninety seven percent striking, first of all, in terms of the sexual assault, uh, sexual harassment claim. Sorry, uh, yeah. and the two. The, the reason why I bring that up is the two go hand in hand. Really, this came out after uh, this whole episode had, had been unveiled in the media, and the two do go hand in hand because a lot of violence to us, a lot of fear that women have about going out late at night is down to things like sexual harassment. Um, you know, we hear about the murders, but. That's sort of at the extreme end. A lot of it simply, where it, whether it be voyeurism, where, whether it be even as something as, as, as simple as wolf whistling from an old pervert. I mean, something. It, there is always this sense of... Uh,
0: <laughs> the need to express, isn't it? To yeah. verbally, through noise, through sound, You know, verbally expressing, oh, you're looking good today. doesn't need to be said. Appreciate no. it in silence. Yeah. You know? And...
1: Yeah, again, fears of women at night links to male privilege, something that caught a lot of men or upset a lot of men because it left some men on on social media tweeting not all men, hashtag not all men in response to the event, which seems to miss the point. And it it reminds me,
0: does it not
1: remind you of when uh, Black Lives Matter came out and then there was the hashtag, but all lives
0: matter?
1: All lives matter, wasn't it?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It wasn't white light, like, it was all lives because they were saying, "Well, we we want to all lives do matter and things." It's not just about one thing. And now it's well, but not all men are like this. We we are also people too. Now we've seen actually Adam. We've seen uh, someone, an individual, uh, a former, former colleague of ours, uh, UKIP candidate in Wales. Now um, he he uh, put on his social media that he felt that the men were being discriminated against. Um, now that's a powerful and, word,
0: discriminate. Yeah. Yes. But carry on. I'll come back to that point in a
1: moment. Yeah, well, it's not what I've said. It's what uh, a former colleague has said. Uh, he felt that um, men were being discriminated against because um, he said that not all men act in this manner um, many men aren't out to to attack women in this way. And there needs to be some understanding on that fact. Now, I think it was over a suggestion that men should have a curfew at 6 pm, which I think he missed the point really. I think it was more of a satirical point as, or, or to set to sort of counter the point that, oh well, women should go home earlier. And I think the point was, oh, well, men should have a, a curfew at 6 pm. It was the kind of same kind of narrative on the other side, both of which yeah. are ridiculous. Um but just before we get on to a, a final question, actually, uh, talk about your discriminate point.
0: Right. So the whole narrative of not all men, or whatever it was, I don't even yeah. know what... Yeah, not all men. Yeah. So, right. Let's let's be truthy. So men are getting upset that they're worried that they're going to get accused of being a rapist. Now, let's be honest with you. Yeah. You're only going to get accused of being a rapist if you're acting in a rapey manner, you know? yeah, yeah. Let's be yeah. honest it. If you are going out and you, you know, what was it? What was the list of things that they were saying that women should do to avoid rapists? Go home earlier, carry a rape whistle, yeah. uh, don't dress in a certain way, yeah. always be accompanied by someone. Yeah, um, you know, come to terms of the fact that you've decided to go home with a bloke. I'm like, actually, no. If you turned it around, men should, uh, you know, should, shouldn't go out with the intention of sexually abusing someone. You know? Mm-hmm. men should respect the fact that no means no, no matter how far you've gone yeah. down the road. Yeah, yeah, you know? men can wear whatever they want. Why the hell can't women wear whatever they want? Yeah, yeah. You know? How about some rapey boy that's gone out, have a friend about, and carry a rape whistle to? blow when he feels like raping someone, so he stops doing it. You know, like you could twist this Ridiculous, in all directions. Yeah. yeah, the point being is, don't rape anyone. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 so I think, I think, though, Adam, I think, I think, a... sorry, ob- sorry. Ob-
1: obviously, the, the well, the sexual harassment. I mean, it's not that saying 97% of women have been raped, it's 97% no, of women have been Yeah, I, but I know where I've you're going with it. I know where you're going with it. it. It's not about, it's not necessarily about the rape. It's about the feeling of sexual assault, the feeling of being inappropriate. I think it, it's like a domino like...
0: effect, isn't it? You, you do it's something slightly inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the entitlement that men think that they are the saying, oh, girls are, are complaining about male rapists. We're not all rapists. Yeah. You may not be a rapist, but. You might be, I think in this case well wasn't it murderers Oh, well, murderers yeah but yeah. Um, but you might treat you might go out on a Friday night and think oh I want to go home with a girl tonight I want to have sex yeah and then you that that is your whole intention throughout the whole night will would your your, your ways of acting and you know be pervy and be yeah. almost sexually inappropriate yeah yeah maybe
1: yeah
0: don't go out in that narrative with that narrative yeah. Expect that you're going to be successful, yeah. and don't that's, take the narrative of any means
1: necessary. That's really interesting because I want to yeah. a, a touch on that point as well because it is you said successful, and that sums up a way you said, uh, and it's it, it's a it's a way of thinking the narrative that yeah. you just described going home and being successful because one problem I think with lad culture in particular is it's quite powerful now. People who are quite confident. You know, they won't have these issues. If they go out and with uh, with that intention, it doesn't happen, they won't be bothered. You know, people who no. are quite confident in themselves, doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't affect, uh, you know, uh, it doesn't. to be honest, it doesn't affect many people that I know. You go out um, and, and you, you take someone home, you take someone home. You don't, you don't. But I think there's a group of people that are in groups like that without the same level of self confidence who actually think like, you know what, if I don't do this, I'm gonna get the mick taken out of me. I'm not gonna have not gonna be as laddie as X, Y, or Z. I need to do this for my own manhood kind of thing. And with that toxic environment, I think, comes this horrible attitude towards women in the sense so, that um, is a, it's a it's something fundamentally toxic. I'm not first of all, I'm not condoning any of this. This isn't about condoning, it's about understanding to a point why one of the reasons why, why? it happens. Yeah. Yeah. and I think it is the toxicity of the lad culture that's ingrained in, the, in a lot of the UK society and if you can't have your own personality stand up and say well you know I can be a part of this but I do, it doesn't control my life it doesn't you know sleeping with how many it doesn't control uh, who I am as a person it doesn't affect my own confidence if you're like that then good on you but those that aren't that are absorbed into this uh, certainly are in the wrong by the way there are it, it's disgusting behavior but the reason why i think it happens is is down to a, a very toxic ideology and something something about that really could do with being addressed how i don't know the
0: main point yeah with all this is that yeah the issue is not with women no the issue is with the not, way women no. dress the way they go out the way they conduct no. themselves it is entirely down to male entitlements, yeah. toxic masculinity, yeah. the belief that, there's still the misogynistic belief that men are superior to women, which is held by a lot of people. Absolutely. The exploitation of girls, the objectification of women, yeah. and this is all compounded. Into some belief that, you know, that they should be the ones making the efforts to avoid mm. sexual harassment yeah. instead of actually dealing with the root causes of men becoming sexual harassers. Yeah. prevent yeah. the sexual harasser in order to prevent the sexual harassment. Really well That done, is as simple as that. Yeah. Instead of being reactive, be proactive. I think that's all women are saying. And these men who are saying, we're not all like that. Yeah, we're not. You know, that is a true statement. Yeah. We're not all like that. But that still doesn't help the fact that girls can't, so, you know, women can't go out and you know, I'm not saying that they can't go out. When women go out, that there are a much higher rate of being yeah. subjected to sexual harassment than men are. Yeah, no,
1: yeah. it's absolutely uh, true. Yeah. And yeah. and I think you, you hit again. I do think you hit the nail on the head. It is it's something fundamentally flawed with the with 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 the uh, masculinity and with male culture, yeah. and it's still exactly. there. And it's not we talk, it's false no, and it's we it's talk false. about progressive change over time. That's something that really hasn't, has it? It's always been sort of ingrained, and it hasn't really changed um and certainly at universities as well i think at certain universities that could be a breeding ground really for to build that toxicity um yes say there's no real reason to end with a with a with a funny news story because it does seem a bit inappropriate i think uh given
0: i think it'd be insensitive
1: um (laughs) it it, it would yeah it would uh and and, and a huge as i say to this was a a secondary topic I suppose in the in, in on this podcast but certainly it, it's certainly more more just as pertinent as the as the as the main main topic uh that yeah. quite simply as we just say as uh, yeah
0: male just privileges
1: male privileges need to be recognized uh more needs to be done really progression needs to be done with that toxic masculinity and 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 lad culture uh to prevent figures like this from happening and to be honest i'm a bit concerned about Certain people who are who are arguing the other side of the narrative, as I was saying before, I was trying to sort of decipher uh, reasons why um, certain men might prey on women in such a vulgar manner, but uh, some other people are seemingly trying to justify certain things, and, and that is quite simply just not appropriate uh, in, the, in this in uh, this in this in
0: this conversation.
1: But. Yeah, I mean, join us next week for more uh, discussion. We'll Probably, be
0: more uh, yeah, we'll try and be more upbeat next week. But let's yeah see if Was British it? news gives us something a bit more uh, politically entertaining. We need Boris yeah. to do something stupid again. That's what we need. As as Adam says, hopefully
1: a more uplifting tone. Probably the darkest of the of the, of the tones um, that we, that we've set, I suppose, on the uh, on the part of politics. But um, maybe maybe a bit more of a of a jovial one next week but we'll just have to wait to see uh powerful though and uh, important to discuss those points so um yeah take care everyone and uh, thanks for listening